If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Plus, it's free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's literally everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. And we are live. Welcome everyone to today's first episode of Rocket MSP. Uh, instead of MSP webinars, I know that's that's a little confusing. I took a hiatus for a little while uh, from doing these these webinars and podcasts just because I needed to get you know all of my ducks in a row with with the new website, the new brand, and and making everything just you know move well uh, for onboarding new members. So today I am joined by Jeff from Cloud Radial. Welcome, Jeff. Hey, good morning. Morning, man. So uh, I know we we scheduled things in Eastern. You guys are on the East Coast as well. No, we're in Dallas, so we're central. Okay, excellent. I've, uh, my mom lives in the Dallas Fort Worth area, so maybe next time I go visit her, I'll I'll look you guys up. That'd be great. Yeah, yeah. I'd love to love to meet in person. Perfect. So. I, I I know a little bit about cloud radial, but I wanna I'm gonna ask you what might be some stupid questions just because I want to make sure that um, people that have never heard of your product have you know have the ability to learn what you guys do. So um, I, I see on your website it says if your MSP is using ConnectWise or Autotask, you need cloud radial, and then you talk about QBRs a lot. So what what would you say Cloud Radial actually is? So Cloud Radial, we have to kind of go back in kind of the history of the MSP space a little bit because I think it helps make Cloud Radial make more sense. So if you go back in the MSP uh, history, right, I mean, everybody was break-fix, right? I mean, mm-hmm. everybody, and today we still, I mean, that's still a big component of our solution because things break and we fix them, right? We just charge for them different. <laughs> Absolutely. And the things, the things that let us charge for them different are the RMM and the PSA. So those tools let us be a lot more proactive with the way we manage those workstations and let us go in and offer a value proposition to the client that, hey, things are going to break, we're going to fix them, but we're going to try to prevent the breakage before it happens and keep things running smoother, more efficiently, and basically then become your IT staff because basically we're on site 24-7 with our technology, right? So, so at that point in time, the, the break-fix world became managed services because technology allowed a, a, a managed approach to the service side of the business. So then you look at the client relationship. So great, we have a client now in managed services, right? Now we have three clients. Now we have 20 clients. So now we need to have client relationships. We need to have uh, account management. And so what happened in that space is things got broke fix again. So again, ticketing wasn't working or needed to be streamlined. People got a ticketing portal. 
if uh, people needed a report for pre-sales, they got a you know a pre-sales reporting tool. If they needed post-sales reporting, they got post-sales reporting. If they needed um, you know access to Office three sixty five, they gave their clients access to the admin center, right? If mm-hmm. they needed charts and graphs, they needed, you know, they gave them uh, bright gauge. If they needed warning information, maybe they gave them warning message. It's basically just this break fix cycle. Something broke, they fixed it with a tool. They it broke, they fixed it with a tool. But nothing of that is proactive, right? It's all reactive. And so it actually, the, the client account management space today is really littered with these break fix or point solutions to do that. So when we looked at the space a few years ago, and, you know, kind of looked at, at the current situation. What was what struck me, having been in this industry, um, I t- software for a long time. Um, I mean, I traced my lineage back to Novell and Banyan days, surprisingly, right? So you wouldn't know it by looking at me, right? So, uh, so the nice thing is we go back to, um, you know, back in the days when I had a company um, that had a, had a product called Saber Menu System. And it was designed about the client experience uh, uh, that you put on front of a Novell network or, uh, you know, in a group of PCs. So it was, it was a part administration methodology and part client experience. Well, you fast forward 30 years later and turns out that the client experience isn't necessarily any better than it was 30 years ago. And so with Cloud Radio, what we looked at was the ability to, to drive the, uh, the client experience in a better direction and in a way that took these break-fix solutions that the MSP were, was using and make those in, into an integrated account management platform. So this is a really long answer to, uh, I think, a simple question, which is what is Cloud Radial? And Cloud Radial is a is a integrated account management platform that includes ticketing, Office 365 information, knowledge base, um, you know, education, training materials, uh, reporting, uh, and QBR. So, again, what we're trying to do with Cloud Radio is really bring all that tool set into one single product, right? If you have a PSA, if you have Cloud Radio, you're mostly now completing your tool set. You don't need 10 other tools to make that work. You have Cloud Radio. And Cloud Radio creates that integrated experience, not only for the client, but it also creates an integrated experience for the account manager. One of the things that really struck us early on based on the feedback we got from our clients, because we were pulling information together for the, for the client side. And we had account managers come to us and go, Oh my goodness, you know, our prep time is like gone from days to minutes. It's like how, you know, it's like explain it's, you know, well, you're pulling all the information together for the client. And it turns out you pulled all that information together for us as well. So again, I don't need to go to the backup portal. I don't need to go to the office portal. I don't need to go to the ticketing portal. I don't need to go to the RMM reports. Cloud Radial assembles that all together at the client level, and then that's what makes it really powerful for both the account manager and the um, for the client. So, the the one thing that you said, and it it started to give me uh, like a twitch as you were saying it, is there's all of these SaaS apps anymore. You know, there's Warranty Master, there's Bright Gauge, uh, you know. Documentation, whether you're on IT Glue or something else, you know, you've got your RMM, your PSA, your security this, your security that, your DNS filtering. Like, um, I just, I, I think a lot of MSPs are starting to get sick of, you know, $10 here and $50 there. And, you know, cause it all adds up. 
and it, and it eats into our profitability. And I remember 15 years ago, uh, I, I was working for, uh, I'm not going to say an MSP. It was an IT consultant at the time. Um, and back then, I remember we had to like buy, I don't even know what it was, but we had to buy some software for a client and it was like $5,000 for the software. And it wasn't, I mean, it wasn't us. It was the client that had to pay for it. But the client was like, man, isn't there any way we can just do this like, you know, monthly payment or something? And I think the industry finally said, yeah, let's, let's do that. Monthly payments. We like recurring revenue. And now as an MSP, as a business owner, all I can think of is, man, can't I just give somebody $5,000 and never pay for this again? Like, oh, it's it's frustrating as as a business owner to have all this stuff because it does. It adds up. And, you know, for the for the small MSP, some some guys don't let's be honest, don't do a great job with their books and don't truly understand how much of their profitability they're just pissing away. On, on all of these little 5, 10, 20, whatever thing. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's a couple of things to, that come from that. One is in, in the SaaS world, you know, just like in managed services, if we get a monthly payment from our clients, it lets us dial things in better. It lets us staff accordingly and kind of smooth sure. out those peaks and valleys. In the SaaS world, ideally, those monthly payments, and it's what we use it for here, is those monthly payments go into, you know, continual refinement of the product. I mean, we've just rolled out um, additional support for uh, what we call our fast track program, which helps companies implement the methodology that cloud radial enables. Right. So, I mean, again, if you think about integrated account management, I know for a fact, nobody's doing integrated account management day because nobody really has the tools to do that. Right. Mm-hmm. So when we implement cloud radial for somebody, we have to be able to show them, how to apply it and, and make that really successful. Cause it is cloud radio is a very transformative product when it's fully utilized. Um, and we can get into that a little bit later, but from a SaaS perspective, that monthly revenue lets us dial in those new features. It lets us continually update the product. I mean, we just added support for Adagy so we can bring in Mac inventory. Uh, we're rolling out pilot in, you know, support for Kaseya BMS, um, you know, we're adding dashboards next month. We've got a lot okay. of things going with the product and that, that monthly recurring payment lets us go back and invest in the product. Now, now I will say in the space, not everybody does that, right? Not everybody, sure. you know, really reinvest those monthly revenues back into the product to see continual improvement. And we pick up a lot of um, clients from other products who have ceased making those investments, right? So, I mean, it's, it's you know, it's a two-edged sword. If I'm paying monthly for the product, I expect it to change monthly. Uh, if I'm not paying monthly, then, yeah, it is what it is. Now... Um, that makes sense. So, now, would you, would you say that... I, I know that you said that there's no one else that really does what you do, but there are a couple of, of products that kind of come to mind uh, when I think of, like, ticketing. You know, there's and and I, I'd like for you to compare, but I understand, you know, we don't want you to bash them. Nobody wants to bash them. Everyone's got a great product, right? But you know, there's there's products out there like Envarosoft, they've got their mm-hmm. IT support panel, and then there's Desk Director. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure there's others that I'm not thinking of that all give our end users kind of that that easier 
ticket portal than the one that Autotask and ConnectWise provide. Because let's be honest, those ticket portals are abysmal. Right. Um, right. The, the, those the, the the lack of quality in those products has spawned another industry. Right. Mm-hmm. So, but I will say it's like EnviroSoft and Desperate. Those are great point solutions. You know, if you want to address the ticketing problem with the clients and that's your major concern, then those are great solutions. Now, you know, where we're different is that we we don't think ticketing is the end-all be-all for the client experience. We okay. think there's more than that, right? And so we're we're focused on building out our product to basically be robust for the end users, but also robust and informative for the people that pay the bills for the MSP. And I think, you know, again, we do ticketing extremely well. I mean, I'll put our ticketing solution up against anybody's, uh, especially now with our desktop app that, you know, if you want to run cloud radial as a, as a tray icon, you can do that. So really we've got a, a ton of different things we can do with the product now and the way it's deployed and the way clients interact with it. But we just think it, it, it starts there again. We didn't come from, we didn't come from the MSP space, right? I mean, I, I mean, I helped a couple of friends with their MSP space, but I really think of ourselves as a software company first who sure. is building MSP domain experience as opposed to an MSP who's now got an idea and turned that into a software product. So okay. when we started this process, we didn't start talking to other MSPs. We started talking to clients. We talked to business owners. We talked to uh, CFOs. We talked to office managers. Uh, we talked to them about what they wanted and what their concerns were with their MSP. So we started from the client side back. And what they told us when we asked them what they wanted for their ticketing portal, and this is kind of a good a good story, is that they told us they didn't want a ticketing portal, right? Basically, that they didn't want tickets, right? They wanted their stuff to work. Um, and so from a – but if it did break, they wanted it done quickly, right? And, hmm. you know, it goes back to – you know, it goes back to that – I call it navel gazing. You know, when you're looking back at in your own inside your own house and you're looking at your own issues, right? So if ticketing is about you streamlining your processes, you know, about it becoming, you know, easier for you to onboard a new user or offboard a new user, then then that's stuff that's that's nice for the client, perhaps, but it's basically a, it's an internal operation. What we're really focused on is what is it from the client's perspective that moves the needle from a client perspective, right? How does the client interact with MSP in a way that the client feels like they really understand what the MSP does form, can do form, and will do form, right? Okay. So, so if you think about it, we're really trying to get that focus put back on the client and the client experience um, as opposed to the MSP and their experience. Oh, the other thing I wanted to mention from the, uh, you know, our previous conversation about stack cost, right? Because I think that's a, that's a that's a big deal, and I, I've talked to enough MSPs to understand that you know an MSP stack cost, it, for the most part, is out of control right now, right? So, um, and I think the the biggest thing from because I've, I've been doing startups and in, in businesses now for a long time, and I think the main thing that MSPs need to remember when they're talking about their stack cost is stack costs are investments in efficiency, right? And so. If I become more efficient, then hopefully I work less. If I work less, that's nice, but it's not doesn't put money back on the bottom line. The only way I can really imp- make stack cost translates into better bottom line is to grow more customers, 
right? <laughs> Either to grow from adding new customers, which everybody preaches right now, because that seems to be the easiest way. But the other thing to do is to basically grow the revenues from the existing client base, which most of the MSPs aren't doing as good a job of as they could. And so, but if you, if you basically invest in your business with, you know, the tools that make you more efficient and, and like IT glue is a good example of that, right? I mean, IT glue can be a game changer for the documentation side of an, of a, an MSP, but if you don't use that documentation to make yourselves more efficient and you don't drive that efficiency into being able to support more customers with less effort um, or the same amount of effort even, um, then really you've just, in a sense, thrown away those dollars, right? You made it, you made your staff happier, but you haven't really changed the fundamentals of your business. So if you invest, you should expect a return. But if you invest and don't see the return, then you either have to look at because you're not, maybe you're, you know, you still are doing things with the same number of staff when maybe you should be doing it with less or you should be growing your business to soak up that cost of that extra stack or efficiency. But, you know, it's not really a stack problem. It's really just translating efficiency into growth problem. And again, that's where we've focused on uh, with cloud radial, because again, we think there's still a tremendous amount of business um, in the install base of the clients without MSPs having to learn how to sell and market or basically become, to 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 grow the skill sets that maybe you know they don't they don't I mean again the people that are naturally good at at doing uh, IT sometimes aren't naturally born salespeople um, and you know most of the mechanisms out there stress that you need to become a salesperson when really with cloud radio what we're trying to do is you just need to be an engineer and work the process of account management and that's going to help you grow your business too. Hmm. So I really like what I'm hearing and I got to say, so your product being more than just a ticketing solution, it it is, it is really cool sounding. Um, And, and I do think that it's, it's probably going to add value to not only me, but to my clients, because, you know, if I just look at like your pricing page, I, I see, all plans include, and yeah, it's got a bunch of streamlined ticketing stuff, right? Now, do I have to have a PSA to use the ticketing? Yes. We rely okay. on either Autotask or ConnectWise, and now we're, we're halfway integrated with Kaseya. Uh, but we okay, don't do any, we don't, we don't store the tickets themselves. We focus okay. on, uh, and that also turns out if you have a PSA, that's actually a pretty good differentiator for where you're starting to mm-hmm. focus on the client side. And fo- you know, now you've got more than two or three clients, you're trying to streamline, and a PSA is probably a good first investment for an MSP once they get those first few clients out of the way. Yep. And then I, I see you've got Microsoft Flow. So you'll actually so cloud radial, Microsoft Flow, and we'll just say ConnectWise. All, all three of those, you, is it Cloud Radial doing the job? Or, or I would say Cloud Radial that's that's calling out to Flow, which is then hitting some web, ho- web hooks that's then hitting ConnectWise? Right. Or, okay. Right. So what we think about is our job is to gather all the information in the ticket that we can, right? So, okay. again, dynamic forms, you know, customizable forms, customizable by client or groups of clients or by role within the company, 
we want to gather that information from the client and get that to the PSA. Um, now, as a part of that, we may also have some other things that we'd like to have done. Like maybe we use flow so that maybe it triggers an SMS alert when that ticket mm-hmm. comes in from that client. So they get notified that way. Right. Or one of the things that's really unique about our product is we're collaborative with the client. So everything you're seeing, especially on the ticketing side, MSPs can create tickets for uh, themselves that go to their ConnectWise or Autotask or Kaseya boards or queues. Um, but clients can also create their own support items that go maybe to an internal person. So let's think about you know, in a larger company, think about kind of the, the a core ticketing problem, which is a new user comes on board and they need uh, maybe they need to get set up with Office 365 or they need something turned on for Office 365. And maybe they also they see the printer down the hall is out of toner and they need toner. Well, they're going to go to the MSP to get the Office 365 license or the add on or whatever it is. That toner down the hall happens to be done by the office manager, right? Mm-hmm. But it tells that person that that toner technology or a piece of, of the equation is done by the office manager versus the MSP. From a cloud radar perspective, it's going to be a, you'll see a service card for, you know, space, it, um, uh, office add on, and you'll see an office card for, or a support card for toner. That toner card goes by email to the office manager, right? That, um, that office add-on goes to the MSP by a ticket and the MSP can set that up. The, the client can set up those own internal things. We've, we've actually had a lot of luck with um, companies, MSPs that work with internal IT where um, so issues are, are escalated up automatically in the ticket, but mm-hmm. the internal staff wants the first cut at solving a particular type of problem. So that goes mm-hmm. by email to the internal IT department you know, for those types of tickets, and they can always be escalated later, the other tickets just go straight to the MSP. And so that, that the ability to have things routed to, um, to clients as well as to the MSP or to external third parties um, is really handy when you're trying to build a collaborative experience, right? IT for most companies, most client companies, isn't 100% MSP. They have the MSP deliver tools, but maybe their phone system's provided by somebody else. Maybe they're uh, marketing software or their sales software is provided by somebody else or managed by somebody else. Um, and when they have problems with those, they don't really want to get in from a client side. They don't want to get in the point of going, well, how do I get in contact with my Salesforce consultant or how do I get in contact with this? Or is it really a Salesforce issue or is it a network issue? Right. We'd yeah. like for that to be streamlined and organized in the, in the service catalog presentation at cloud radio so the MSP can deal with the things they can deal with, but if it's not their issue, it should be routed to the right person. I like that. I like that a lot. Um, so your your website, the homepage, it it very clearly is talking about like QBRs at the top. Like I see QBR in the first and second paragraph. So, right. and and I think it's honestly because. When I look at websites, I try to look at a website the same way everyone else looks at a website, intentionally skimming things mm-hmm. that are on a website. So because I'm skimming, you know, initialisms are, are going to be the thing that pops out because, you know, three capital letters right next to each other, they're going to be bigger and bolder on the screen than, you know, standard text that's all around it. So 
is your software doing something for QBRs or is your software, how, how do I word this? Is your software linking up with a tool like audit for it, no. which people use? No. Okay. No. So your software, it's more like, well, we're taking the office 365. We're taking the warranty master. We're taking all these sources of, of information. And as, as one of my colleagues would say, you're creating a single pane of glass or a single source of truth for MSPs and the, the clients to be looking at all of this information because you integrate with so many different things. So that way, when we sit down with a client to do a QBR, we're literally just kind of looking through different screens of cloud radio based on whatever's integrated. That's correct. So we, again, integrated, we're used to thinking in terms of these point solutions Mm-hmm. And the other piece we do, we actually have, so let's, let's start with the ticketing side. We do ticketing, right? We do it really, mm-hmm. really well. Sure. Uh, but then that flows to one of the things we do in the product, we actually split ticketing into two sections, one for request uh, or report a problem. So that's, it's, you know, like an ITIL that might be incident or problem types type issues. And then we also have a, uh, a category we call uh, request service. And on the back end, it's the same. It's still going to generate a ticket. But on the front end, it looks really different to the end user. So in the uh, report a problem piece, it's, hey, I'm having a problem with my audio on this PC. Um, Here's the information you need. Now go solve this, right? On the request a service piece, it's much more uh, shopping experience so that the UI Mm -hmm. is different. And basically, clients are encouraged there to, you know, again, for onboarding users, that would be an ITIL, that would be the change request, right? So, so most, of the, most of the things that are in request service are actually change requests to the MSP. I need to add Visio. I need to add a user. I need to order a workstation. I need toner. Um, they're, they're changes into maybe the current environment. Now, what's interesting about all that is in the service catalog, what we're really trying to accomplish there is we're trying to get the client to come to understand everything the MSP could potentially do for them. So if you think about the typical MSP slate, I mean, everybody starts with managed services, you know, slash managed support, but then it goes into like, did you know that we do, we can help you with your phone system? Do you know that we could help you with teams training? Do you know that we can help you order equipment? And so typically all that stuff is getting slammed into this QBR, this one hour you know, meaning from hell a lot of times, right? Where you're trying to cover a lot of territory in very little time. And mm-hmm. a lot of that just has to be with the MSP explaining to the client what they can do, right? But nobody likes that. Nobody likes being sold to on, on that level. So what we do is we push it into that service catalog so the clients can discover for themselves what that MSP can do for them and then basically generate queries from there like, you know what? I do need, uh, I do, I don't know where my data is scattered across my organization. Maybe we do need a data, data, data governance review, right? So we go from ticketing. We use ticketing as a gateway into the service catalog. And the service catalog is a way to explain to the client the other features and functions an MSP can deliver. Now, that's the first step. Then the second step is gets into reporting. And one of the things we have is our own uh, endpoint agent. So, and, I, and usually there's lots followed by lots of groans and moaning. Uh, we've made it as simple and easy to deploy as possible. But the main thing we, we found with the RMMs is we wanted not 
to provide all that technical data back. Because again, our clients are technical, our end clients aren't technical. Um, they're focused on things that help them make money, save money, reduce risk, right? So when it comes to the assets of their PCs and now Macs, what they're really focused on is, you know, do people have applications on there that they're not supposed to have? Are people playing Spotify all day long? Uh, are my PCs getting, you know, really old? Uh, you know, how does that impact me? So we use our agent to gather up a ton of information uh, that we can present back to the user, not only in just kind of the raw lists of data, but we actually scan everything nightly to create a, pol- we call it a policy report. And that policy report basically then flags for that user, hey, here's all the old PCs in your organization. Here's all the PCs that are out of warranty. Here's all the PCs that uh, don't have OneDrive configured correctly, right? Uh, now, does it does that agent need like warranty master or something else so to provide some of that information we will pull so the way that works is we'll pull dell and lenovo information directly as far okay. as i can tell right now the hp warranty information is still down uh as we speak um but then if we don't find it from dell or lenovo uh then we'll go to ConnectWise or autotask and get the warranty information from there so if they have warranty master updating those uh, systems, then we'll pull it from there and we'll integrate with Warranty Master just fine. Um, but if you're strictly a Dell or Lenovo shop, you know, then we're going to pull most of that warranty information for you automatically. That's pretty that's great. So uh, that, that helps us cut down on, you know, if, if someone were to say, well, you know, I'm, I'm a 100% Dell shop just because I, I love their pro support plus right. service plans. So, I mean, that, that's great. Now I don't have to pay for Warranty Master anymore because you're going to pull all this information for me. Well, it's, it's, I think it's even more beneficial than that. I mean, the price is one thing. We're not necessarily focused on that. We're focused on the fact that the warranty information now is just integrated. It's seamless in the mm-hmm. cloud radio. So the client sees this as part of They can see this in a chart uh, when they're looking at infrastructure. They see it in the policy report. And there's not another tool that an MSP needs to run to go gather that information and present it out. So, so as we gather this infra- infrastructure information, we're also pulling Office 365 adoption information. Uh, we've got a cool feature called the Report Archive where you can basically email any third-party reports in there that you want, like backup reports, so you can show people that you've actually backed up their data every single day without sending them an email directly. Um, so that's really cool. But now that all flows down into that QBR and nice. what we'd really like to do, and you can do that through a PDF report, through online charts, um, all kinds of cool ways to present. We actually roll that into a planner view um, so that people or an account manager can show the client what that next 12 months looks like, what they recommend, what they have going forward. And they can pull that data from cloud radial or add their own things or create their own product catalog, which is really what we push so that they can start selling their own services through that planner. And it's a, it's a very, people have seen planners like with Microsoft planner and other tools out there. Mm -hmm. We're unique in that we're trying to raise the level of the conversation. One of the things we found with other competitors is they basically lower the conversation with the client. They start talking about firewalls or AV, or they talk about uh, old Cisco switches or, whatever, right? I mean, the client at the end of the day is paying for security. They're paying for productivity. They're paying for collaboration. They're not paying for Sophos, 
right? That's not the way the client thinks about it. They're not paying for they don't, it. They don't care how the watch is made. They just want to know what time it is. Right. Exactly. I tell people that all the time. Right. And I got to say from, and I'm, I'm just looking at some screenshots here. And for those of you that are wondering, you can go to cloud radial, R-A-D-I-A-L.com. And I clicked on, um, I even love how you've named this stuff. So if we go to features and VCIO account planner, you've got the account roadmap. It sounds like that's what you're talking about with the planner. And I love that it's got this like card view. It even looks like you can easily just grab these and and, like drag it and drop it to a different quarter and, and whatever else. And this is just, it it reminds me of, um, Oh, I can't think of the name of that like project management tool. Everyone uses now. There's even like a free version. Yeah, yeah, Trello, yeah. So, um, so like it, it reminds me of that where, you know, it's just got, you know, Q4, hardware refresh, 10, 10 systems, $14,000. There you go. It's just priority is medium, status is proposed. It's like real simple, short to the point on all these little cards that, um, and, it, and it also looks like there's all these recommended cards and and then the Q1 through 4, that might be either ones that the client, like maybe you're sitting down with the client in the QBR and you guys are like working together to drag these things from recommended to the different quarters so they can say, okay, yeah, we should do this and we'll do it this time frame. That way we've got the budget for it. Is that kind of That's what exactly. you're envisioning? That's exactly it. And the nice thing is what we're going to do is we're going to automate everything up until that card presentation. So we're going to gather the information from the agents. We're going to gather the information from uh, Office 365, from your you know other reports. We're going to pull that data. So the client's going to have that every single day. One of the things we found in the QBRs in talking to MSPs is that the QBR typically is in, in three parts, right? The first part is you're trying to resell the value of the MSP, right? You're trying to explain to them through status reports and some other stuff what you've done. And I think this kind of goes to one of the fundamental issues with an MSP relationship is if I uh, pay my electric bill, I've seen the power on all month, right? And mm-hmm. so I know what the power company delivered. If I pay my MSP bill, I have no idea what they did. Maybe they answered That's three a good tickets, point. right? So I paid $2,500 or $5,000 that month. And I know I heard in the office that they answered that people were talking about a problem and they fixed it. So I know that, that maybe had they saw three tickets and I paid $2,500. That's a lot of money yeah. per ticket, right? But that, during that, that really time, is. So, but during that time, the MSP has also managed the backup every single day, managed office every single day, uh, you know, managed security every day, handled alerts. They've done a lot of work. They just, the client doesn't really want to see what they do, but they want to know that the MSP is doing something for them. And that's, and that's such a catch 22 because the client doesn't, doesn't understand it. Therefore, they don't care to see all of the stuff that you're doing. But at the same time, because they don't see it, they don't see the value in what they're paying you for. Right. It's so insane how that works. So just and and I keep looking at more and more pages on your site while while we're chatting. And like I just keep seeing more and more screens that that you and the client can look at either uh on their own or together uh, to, to really show that value. Like the fact that you have, and I'm going to, I'm going to need some help here on this one. So I see that you've got an office 365 section is, 
is this actually is this actually giving me or the client the ability to make changes to Office 365? Not yet. Okay. That's on the, that's, is that kind of on your roadmap? It's kind of on the roadmap, right? Okay. So, um, okay. so again, anything, if you think about Office 365 and that relationship, we, we see it's more complicated than just being able to add a license. But mm-hmm. the bottom line is we want the client to have, to feel like they're in control and feel like they're being, they're smart for having chosen the MSP. And, you know, when the MSP doesn't, or gives them complicated reports they don't understand or tells them about, you know, Cisco switches or Sophos antivirus, I mean, those are, I mean, it's not like that's not relevant, but the client doesn't necessarily understand that. The things that make the client feel smart is knowing that all of their um, PCs are up to standards or making sure, knowing that somebody's watching this stuff every single day because they sure aren't, right? So if we can show that through the portal, through Cloud Radial, um, hey, here's your inventory. This is what's happening today. This is the applications that are on there. This is the stuff. Here's what's being used. Oh, by the way, here's data governance issues we found. Here's compliance issues we found. Uh, you know, if, in, if you're if you're worried about data security, here's some issues. We've you know, here's all the information we've done on backup. Not that the clients are going to look at that every single day. I mean, we have we have, for example, if we have. Um, you know, our, our portal with AT&T or Verizon, and I can go into any one of those and I can see how many minutes I've used. I can see what my charges are. If I don't, if I worry about the bill, I can always dig deeper and find out what's going on. Right. Uh, in the MSP world, we wait to that quarterly review or maybe the annual review to kind of see that data because it's not online. And so if you look at this, so again, let's go back to the QBR structure. First third of that is just reselling the value because I haven't been able to do that. Right. Um, because it's just, it's, we've been hidden and in the dark, right? So now we're surfacing all that, becoming more transparent. And what we're trying to do with, with, with Cloud Radio is basically blow out the first 30 minutes of that QBR on the value resale, because now the client has it every single day, right? Mm-hmm. So again, I'm going to get an hour, maybe an hour tops, maybe a little bit more with my client FaceTime. I don't want to waste that in 30 minutes just recounting the fact that we've done what we said we were going to do. Right. They should be able right. to prove that every single day. Then the second part of that QBR is really, you know, we call it a listening phase. But for the most part, most MSPs go in there with their minds. They can only solve so many problems. Right. Sure. Um, and so what we've also done now is through that service catalog we talked about earlier, we've actually eliminated a lot of that need to go back through for the MSP to review everything they could do for that client. Right. So we've kind of blown that part of the QBR away because they can order that stuff anytime from the service catalog. So now we, we get to that last part of the QBR, which is really where we get into listen, understand and and trying to see where the client's going. Right. Because hopefully we've handled ad changes and requests through the portal. We've handled um, you know virus issues throughout the quarter. We've handled all the stuff we needed to throughout the quarter. When we're now face to face with that client, we can use that whole hour focused on where that client's going and how we can help them, again, make money, save money, reduce risk. So, again, can we help them better implement teams? Can we better help them with a cloud PBX solution? Can we better help them with, um, you know, we can turn cloud radial into a client intranet to make Mm -hmm. them more productive internally? Do they need that capability? So, again, the MSP gets to explore these areas um, to basically push that client forward, right? And and again, that's a that's a that's a collaborative experience that I think works best when all the other stuff is out of the way, right? If you're going to spend the whole time talking about antivirus status reports, 
you're never going to get to the good part of that conversation, which is how can we really help you make money, save money, or reduce risk? I love it. All right. So I I think the one thing that everyone is kind of up in arms about security right now and Mm -hmm. thinking about the fact that your platform is is taking information from multiple sources and kind of centrally locating it could be a concern to some that are maybe a little more security focused. So what have you done to, to kind of put those minds at ease? So if you go to cloudradial.com slash security, um, okay. what you'll find there is we've really taken numerous steps. One, we're, we're hosted hundred percent in Azure and, you know, Azure has proven to be a really solid platform um, to work with. And so we stay within the Azure guidelines. We don't have like a half Azure, half something else going on. We're 100% Azure. So we're making full use of all of their security measures um, and all of their, you know, all their certifications, essentially. But then we go kind of that extra step. So we're really using all the best features of Azure's, the key vaults. Uh, we don't have any password stored in the database. So that just doesn't, you know, again, people could breach the database and not that it's ever happened and we never will. But even if they got in there, there's not, there's not security credentials into ConnectWise or Office 365, right? So we're super secure on that. We also uh, use uh, best practices with Office 365. So again, we actually install an application in, it's through a PowerShell script, which takes like 10 minutes to set up, but you install an application at the tenant level in the application with a very restricted set of rights. And then that manages everything through delegated access for the client. So it's super, uh, super easy to do. If you need to do the one-off client, we do that through the OAuth authentication. So we've taken like layers and layers and layers of security and piled it onto Cloud Radial so that you know, clients of any size. And we do, we have got, you know, obviously we've got clients that aren't making the MSP 501 this list this year. And we've got clients sure. in the top 25 of the MSP 501, right. Okay. And having a, a product that scales for that security. Cause I mean, if you want to get vetted, you get vetted at those high levels. Right. Um, and so far, again, everybody that's looked at our security stack has been, has been very, very impressed. Excellent. I, I love hearing that now. Uh, what about companies that um, MSPs that work with doctor offices? You know, we typically uh, need to sign a BAA for them. And then we also need our vendors to sign a BAA for us. So what we do is we handle it just like Microsoft. We include a BAA in the terms and conditions if you're a healthcare provider. Um, So again, we're not, we're going to charge you extra to be, um, to be BAA certified. Uh, we also do that with, uh, was it the G, uh, GDPR uh, yeah. so processor agreement for European clients? Um, again, we take security very easy. We're, we're willing to put our, our, you know, our efforts where our intentions are. Um, and so, you know, having a BA contract just be a part of it. it you don't have to sign it. You, we don't require a, a formal exchange. It's just there as part of your terms and conditions. That's um, awesome, man. That is awesome. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, let me. Just, I mean, let me add one other thing too, because because it's sure. a big deal. Because it is know, a big deal. Compliance is really just good IT done right and documented, right? Yeah. So, so if you think about compliance, 
the difference between being a compliant organization and a non-compliant organization, a lot of times with these MSPs, and a lot of MSPs are scared of it for the wrong reasons. Um, they're scared of it I because they don't, don't they don't it. understand because they, they think that they have to be HIPAA compliant, and there's no such thing as a compliant HIPAA organization. You're only striving to be compliant, right? So if you're striving to be compliant, what you're doing is you're documenting your backups, you're documenting your security, you're paying attention to that. And if you look at Cloud Radio, we docu- we have those report archives to pull in those daily backup logs. So that's a huge HIPAA requirement to prove that you've been backing up things on a daily basis. You can use the same archives to pull in your security reports and your baselines and all that. So you can show clients or show auditors or government officials if you needed to, worst case, um, where you've been uh, on security. And then we also run those policy scans uh, every night where we'll look at uh, uh, encrypted drives. We'll look at uh, password and screensavers and some compliance related issues to give that client a better feel for how their IT is being protected. Now we can't, go the whole mile and give them the full book of, of HIPAA sure. policies. But typically what happens if you, if a organization that an MSP is working with has gone through HIPAA training and then the MSP implements cloud radial and takes advantage of all the compliance issues, they've raised the, the compliance capability that their clients by a huge factor. Um, and again, that's just all built into our product to really help them on a compliance side. We're not just reporting things we're actively archiving and documenting things for um, uh, for that MSP and then ultimately for that client. That is awesome. So when I look at integrations, um, I, I see that obviously ConnectWise Manage and Autotask. You said you're working on Kaseya BMS. Right. Now, I see in here Zendesk Chat. So one of the things... We're looking at chat, but we haven't. We just think that chat market is is really fragmented right now. Um, and there's there's a and but there's same time too that the requirements for chat now. If you look at things like Drift, um, you know, can be really um, it can become more complex. So basically, we will integrate with any chat agent basically that that a client has. And so Zendesk, uh, uh, Live Person, well, there's a lot of them out there that tend to work well with the. Uh, with the PSAs. And so Mm -hmm. we'll just pull those in and those will drop in as, you know, chat icons in the lower right corner, like, you know, any other system. Nice. Cause I was going to say, I see chat assist on here as well, which is the connect wise one. Right. For that one, we actually put an icon up at the top. So there'll be a little pair of headphones up there for, so they can just click and go into the web-based chat assist. So why did you opt to do Zendesk chat? but not Zendesk ticketing? Uh, just market. Again, it, look at the, we're looking at the MSP size. And again, if, you're, oh, if you've got a couple of clients, uh, if you're just getting started out, what, you know, what we turn, turn the emerging MSP, then basically start cheap. Don't, don't put all your money into ConnectWise or Autotask. You, know, you may not even need Zendesk up front. You know, just make sure right. you've got a support email address, right? Get those first clients on board, build your expertise, and then when efficiency starts breaking, that's when you invest in the PSA. And typically, people have their MS, their PSA for a while. Maybe they get to five or ten clients. And then what happens is client management starts becoming an issue, right? So, again, I'm, when I've got six clients, I can talk to them every single day. But now when I've got six clients going to seven, eight, nine, and each new client is an onboarding experience, and maybe I'm mm-hmm. in the office for two weeks doing the onboarding, 
now my account management's going to suffer. And so that's a that's a good time to start looking at cloud radial when you start when you can't talk to clients the way you would normally. Well, I mean, it will help before that, but I don't recommend small MSPs, emerging MSPs, put their money into cloud radio, or really any stack, except maybe, you know, an RMM. You know? Okay, good, good. Um, ConnectWise, Cell, and QuoteWorks. So I, I suspect that you might bring in, like, a PDF version of the quote, but more than likely you send people out to like the order porter or Correct. whatever, so they can accept and maybe even pay so, if you've configured so connect wise. We pull in uh, agreements, invoices and quotes for auto tasks. We just okay. don't do agreements yet. So when we're doing that from the PSA itself, right? So the, the, a lot of the integration, like with order porter, for example, uh, or, or connect wise sell, you need to know not to pull just the most recent HTML document and most recent PDF document from ConnectWise because it's going to keep versions of everything, right? So you don't want to show the client the top two things. For uh, Desk Director, they usually, or for, uh, sorry, not for Desk Director, for um, QuoteWorks. Yeah, there we go. For QuoteWorks, they're going to focus on um, maybe everything. You want to pull everything over from QuoteWorks because you might have gotcha. attachments and some other stuff. So, so again, as we know what system we're integrating with, we know we can be a lot smarter about what we pull from that PSA. Okay. And where you see the quote, again, we don't want to get in, in, in the way of the quotes. Uh, we want to, I mean, basically the small quote should just be done through the service catalog. Um, because you can use, sure. uh, you know, if you're just going to order a, a mouse or a Visio add-on, you don't need to do a quote through QuoteWorks to go do that or through ConnectWise Cell. It should just be, the, you should be able to just go through the service catalog. When you're doing the quotes, you know, use the email flow, use the, the existing flows. But then historically, this is where it becomes really valuable. So the, the, the client can see either what they rejected or what they accepted. So they can go back and, and order again or Again, have a historical perspective about what they're doing with that MSP. Again, why be you know why not be transparent with that information when that's kind of what every other vendor would do with us, right? Absolutely. Now, just scrolling through um, ConnectWise and WiseSync. So, I, I suspect you're you're making it so that way the end users that I give permission can see. Uh, like you said, agreements for ConnectWise, but also invoices that we send yeah, out. They see invoices. Now, we don't do any payment issues. So basically what we do is on the invo invoices page, we'll give them a one-click single sign-on into Connect Booster or, or WisePay. And so, again, it, once you log into Cloud Radio, you can do that with your you know Office 365 credentials or an email token or G Suite. Uh, once you log in there, because there's again, there's no password necessarily with Cloud Radio. So again, from an MSP perspective, it's not another password they have to manage for their client. Um, but once they're in there, if they've got that set up, then it's one click access onto Connect Booster or WisePay. So again, no extra passwords for the client. Oh, that's fantastic. And then I know you mentioned earlier that you integrate with Ovic. And I suspect, uh, again, that's just like reporting on what's already in Ovic's dashboard. You're just right. kind of taking that networks and devices and, and show that up to the client. It's a little confusing from a client perspective, but it really does help the client go like, Oh, they know what they know what they're doing. Right. And, and the same with it glue. You're just pulling that information, the relevant information. Right. 
Yeah. Yeah. We had to work on that a lot because IT glue is not the best at sharing out. Um, but we, we can basically make it, we can keep the client in the same experience. So they're not bouncing between a cloud radial dashboard and an IT glue dashboard. That's great. Okay. Um, and then we already talked about office 365. So your, your feature set, I'd say is really strong. And, and one thing that, uh, one of my, one of my members said he loves using cloud radial. I, I just assigned, he's in one of the peer groups and I assigned homework to everyone. And it was, um, to get an onboarding process for new end users. So if a client hires somebody, we need an onboarding process mm-hmm. for that for that person. Um, and I don't even care if you just scribble something on paper. I just want you to start working on like a questionnaire. And and the one guy, Ian, he's in uh, he's in Victoria, British Columbia. And he said, you know what? I just did it all on cloud radial. He showed us he's got like you know. Uh, drop downs and and short fields, long fields, uh, everything that that you could possibly need. You know, he's asking first name, last name, um, preferred email address. Uh, so, like typically, they might do first initial last name or first first name last name. Well, what if there's two guys with the same name or you know whatever, right? Um, so it's it's got that. Um, uh, he was asking for like what um, what department are they in, so he could assign people to the correct security groups, um, so that way they have access to the appropriate shared folders, things like that. Uh, what printers do they need? You know, do they need a new computer? Are they taking over for somebody else? You know that. So he was able to ask all of those questions in this onboarding thing, and wouldn't you know that that questionnaire is a ticket? It's creating a ticket. And it's it's just filling everything out, and um, it he he absolutely loved it. He said, "You know, Steve, if you give me more homework like this, <laughs> um, so so I really appreciate when when guys are able to um, not only take my homework but like take it all the way to completion." And then he was saying, "Well, you know, this one client, I probably get." three or four of these requests a week. So I may build a, a form specifically for this one client while all the other clients might just have a more generic form. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that's man. Good for you. Ian, you, he's, he's killing it, man. Yeah. The thing that I, I know who you're talking about. Um, and it is a, as a neat case, because again, those things can be very complicated. Now we've got uh, one client who's an attorney or they specialize in legal firm. Sorry. And so, in the legal world, all of those clients are very different, right? I mean, they have different systems, different packages. I mean, everyone's basically a snowflake. And so we actually put in some uh, features uh, using a thing called question templates. So basically, it's really, he really, we worked with him to really kind of make, take this to the ultimate level, but he's got, you know, a lot of clients. And basically, each onboarding form is completely separate or is, is very different from each other form, but he's, he's been able to do that in a matter of just a few minutes per client now. So when he gets a new client on board, he creates their onboarding template and it just takes him no time to manage that or maintain that. And it's really, it's really a work of art to see these MSPs use our tools in ways that just streamline the process for the clients and, but ultimately for themselves as well. 
right? I mean, it's just a home run for everybody. Now, what would you say is, is the most creative way you've seen somebody use cloud radial? You know, everybody, everybody innovates in their own way. And one of the things that we are very, I think, good at is listening to our clients. And we've got an active roadmap that we, um, we utilize to basically let the client suggest what they need. Um, so we're always getting innovative ideas, I think, every single day from our partners. It's, you know, but some will innovate on the ticketing side, like we're talking about that, that legal MSP. Some will focus on the QBR side. Some will focus on the reporting side. Some will focus on, and that's what really makes cloud radio, I think, very strong and why, you know, historically we've just continued to improve the product across all areas is because we get these innovative ideas from our MSPs. We collect them, record them, and as, and when we can, we act on them. And I think that's sure. really the, the fun part is I can show you innovation in like every segment, but it's a different MSP, Right. Um, and that's okay. So, 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 what would you say is the most innovative use of ticketing, for example? I think the the thing that gets into, as you said, the onboarding. Um, mm-hmm. But again, we're not looking at ticketing. We've got a triage section again. So, like, a, think of it as okay. a self triage, right? So, the, the sample content is really geared around like a self triage process with the client because we want them to understand their problem, maybe throw in some suggestions of how to fix it themselves before they submit the ticket. But I think the interesting part, what I'm most happy about is the way the a lot of the partners have embraced that service catalog, that request a service piece. Because again, those are tickets, like you say, the onboarding, right? So they'll use the onboarding form. That's a request a service. And so they can really dial that in. But all that client's going to onboard that client, they're also having to go past, think about it like billboards, they're having to go past the other services that that MSP offers, right? So the MSPs that really dial that in and really set up their other services and really encourage the the client to utilize those other services, that's where that innovation can really happen, right? Because again, our goal is to is to grow that business with the existing client base because we think that's the easiest revenue for growth and to soak up some of that efficiency you built in through your other stack tools. And when it when it comes to the service catalog, that's just creating a ticket, like you said. So Correct. it's it's not like you're you're saying it doesn't matter if you put in I want to sign up for uh, this bigger, better MSP service, or I just want to buy a mouse. Right. Any of those things can be in your service catalog. Right, and you can route them to the right board inside of ConnectWise or the right queue and Autotask. So, I mean, it can go straight to the sales board if they just want to buy the mouse. They didn't have to hit the service desk before it goes to the sales staff. And have you seen people use that that service catalog for putting things like new computers and Oh, you know, that type of stuff in there? Is, is that one of the more common items you think they put in there? Yeah, so it, it's it's basically everything, right? So, again, it's okay. almost, you can make this a, 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 you know, I mean, your own little Etsy, right, <laughs> with your own handcrafted oh, course, solutions, yeah. right? Um, and so you can either put the, and again, they could request a PC, and that could be, hey, here's priced, here's the configuration of it, just sign here, have it go through the workflow approval so that your manager signs off on it, which we can handle internally through cloud radial. Now, when the client gets it, it's, it's already pre-spec'd out. It's ready to go. It's priced, it's approved. And the MSPs just, all they got to do is procure it and deliver it. Right. 
you can also set it up where they order that PC. You know, they can ask some basic questions. Then that could go to the sales staff so that they can then turn around and dig into more detail um, and actually pro- prepare a formal quote. So, again, once it, that ticket flexibility can either be it's done, it's ready to go, or it's, it's, it's teed up and it's ready for completion. I love it. So is there anything else that you think people should know about you or about cloud radial? No, I, I mean, there's a lot of stuff on our site. It, it, you know, mm-hmm. I think what we hear a lot of during our demos is the word wow, right? Uh, because they came in expecting something for QBRs or something for ticketing. And then we show them this whole methodology that backs up the product and the, the, the richness of solution. Um, and then that, we kind of get that wow expression. But the thing that I think is, is most interesting, the thing I'm most proud of uh, lately is, is our efforts around the fast track program that we have. So again, it's 495, it starts off, but it's four one hour sessions we'll spend with the client to, or the MSP to help them understand how to deploy cloud radial and how to basically upgrade their whole account management process, right? If you, if, if you look at the way most account management is done today, it's you print a bunch of reports, you put them in a folder and you take them to the client and, you know, you hope that, that some, some good comes out of that. And if you've got three account managers in your business, then those are probably being done three different ways. And with cloud radial, there's a methodology behind that. So it's scalable, it's efficient, you know, it's it's consistent across clients, and I think the 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 important piece there is being able to take clients or MSPs that, as you said, you know they're not onboarding today, but if you take them from the onboarding all the way through to the QBR where they feel confident going into that client as to what they're doing and how to present it, it's it's a real game changer in the way that they'll work with their existing client base. That's incredible, man. I love it now. I've got to ask the tough question. Okay. Why do we need a person to go through the fast track? Like, why couldn't we just watch some videos on your YouTube? We can, but it's it's a process of discovery and learning, right? And so one of the things we do is we don't, the, 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 the guy that runs our fast track program right now has, has got years of experience in the MSP space, MSP communication, and, and there's also, there's an issue about going through um, stuff unassisted, right? You just miss the subtle points. You miss like the big picture sometimes. Um, you know, we sign people up straight to trial, for example. You know, they sign up for a trial, they get a tenant provisioned, and they get a login, and they get in there, and they're, the first thing that happens is they're lost, right? Because it happens a lot because there's just so much the product can do, and they don't necessarily know where to start. So, you know, we have a free onboarding. We help them get things connected. We help them get oriented. We help get them on a, on a good path so they understand what the product does. But this, this onboarding piece, this fast track piece, you can do it with videos. But, again, time is usually the biggest challenge for an MSP. And we found if mm-hmm. we can schedule four one-hour sessions with the MSP, then it'll actually get done. If we tell them that they can do it anytime they want and watch these videos at, at will, they might have the product for five or six months before they have the time to go back and do that. Right. And so we've actually found it to be cheaper if we charge them and schedule them up front than if we just let them run for six months without using the product. So, 
But the fast track is optional, right? It is optional. We'll probably make it required because we're just it just works so much better for that MSP. We haven't had anybody go through it that has been dissatisfied with it. I mean, if they were, we'd just refund the money. But again, it's it's about scheduling that time and taking the 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 efforts, just scheduling that time away from the office to say, look, we're going to focus on cloud radio. We're going to master today. We're going to master. We focus on four things. First one's on uh, the catalog and making sure they understand all the things it can do. Um, the second thing is going through reporting and making sure you understand all the ways that you can use it to report and gather report information. The third part is on QBRs and helping you understand how to use now this automated planner and all these automated tools to help drive that process more effectively. And then the last lesson is on communications. We've actually built out um, email daily digest. We integrate with MailChimp. Uh, we're beta testing broadcast features. We've got a lot of things there that are in the communication side that most people, you know, like in this conversation, will never get to but are extremely valuable. I mean, think about the issue like with coronavirus or working from home. This is an opportunity for MSPs to go out and say, look, we can help you with Teams. We can help you implement uh, Office 365. Uh, you know, Office, Microsoft's got free E1 licenses for clients now to help, you know, support that work at home effort. Uh, there's a lot of things the MSP could do around marketing to help show their clients that they're there and prepared or the fact they're already pre-prepared for it because they already have Office 365 and Teams and they're more mobile enabled than they ever thought, right? The problem is when they go to do that email blast, you know, they've got that list and it, maybe it's in Office 365, but all those email addresses are scattered in all those tenants. They've got ConnectWise or they got Autotask and all those leads are getting old and stale because they haven't been grooming that list properly. So when they go to try to figure out that email blast to send to all their clients, you know, by the time they figure that out and get the list all scrubbed and ready to send through MailChimp or HubSpot or whatever it is, coronavirus may already be over, right? So what we're doing is we're actually syncing stuff daily uh, between um, Office 365 and the PSA. So we can try to keep that stuff in sync. Uh, we can help them groom the list. We can help them clean up that list all throughout and, and all facilitating that communications aspect which is basically, you know, in, in-house marketing, right? They're house list. I mean, most clients just don't have a solid way to communicate to existing clients. A lot of times it's easier to do a MailChimp blast to new clients than it is to existing clients. And CloudRadar really does fix that. I like it. Now, you, you brought up coronavirus and you you opened up that can of worms. Okay. <laughs> All right, so... I find coronavirus interesting because there's, I feel like there's really two sides to, to where, oh my gosh, the camera is not as wide as I thought it was. There's two sides on the spectrum. And I don't feel like many people are in the middle or, or in an, what I would call educated section. Okay. There's either the people that think that it's all a conspiracy or a hoax and that there's there's nothing to worry about nobody in in Ohio is going to get the coronavirus and why is Starbucks no longer refilling my refillable cup this is bs and then there's the other side where people are like oh my gosh it's the end of the world we're all going to get coronavirus it's the new black plague like just mass hysteria. And I understand why businesses would want to have their people work from home. 
Um, the coronavirus is, I, I've done some research on it just because, you know, I'm, I'm the guy that I'd rather, I'd rather do a little bit of research before I start spreading all the memes and, and everything else on the, on Facebook and all that. Right. So, uh, coronavirus is a virus. So there's not like an antibiotic antibiotic that will fix it. They don't have a vaccine yet, but they're working on one. It is similar to the flu, which is a virus. It's also similar to, similar to the flu in the fact that it's not killing most of the people that get it. It sucks for, you know, a couple of weeks and then you're done. It's, it's past, you're over it. Um, it's killing the people that have the weakened immune systems, you know, people that are older or have an immunodeficiency or whatever else. But I, I do find it really interesting that, that there's this mass hysteria to, to suddenly have people work from home because if people would just wash their darn hands. Again, from an MSP's perspective, MSP's job with their clients is to help the client mitigate risk, right? Mm-hmm. So part of that risk is is malware. Some of that is viruses on the computer, right? And today's risk that is perceived by clients is coronavirus, right? Mm-hmm. So from an MSP's perspective, it's they don't necessarily have to have a position, whether it's a conspiracy or uh, the end of the world. They just need to do what they've always done with their clients, which is help them prepare to mitigate risk. And the way that the MSP can do that today, if the client wants to take advantage of it and follow advice is, again, they can implement the measures like work from home. They can, they can basically use the technologies that they've probably enabled their clients with already with 365, but maybe haven't fully trained on or fully deployed or implemented and use this opportunity to go back and further educate their clients on how to use the technologies they have to mitigate the risk to their business. Now they do the same thing through, they do the same thing with, um, you know, phishing, you know, simulated phishing attacks. They do the same thing with putting antivirus on workstations. They're there trying to educate, train, and basically help clients prevent threats to their business. And right now, if the client, it's not really up to MSP to determine whether coronavirus is important or not. It's up to the client to decide whether that's important to their business and then it's up to the MSP to respond to that with a proactive plan for how to mitigate that risk or to help mitigate that risk for the business. So for an MSP, they're well-trained in this crisis response mode, or at least they should be. And, and the coronavirus should be something that, hey, we're ready. We know this is a threat out there. We have a plan for how to address that because we're your virtual CIO or your CIO. And this is what we recommend. If you want to go down this path, we're ready. Right. And again, so that's and most MSPs probably already think that is the question is, like, how do they communicate that to their clients, um, you know, through email or through some other mechanism when that email list isn't clean and pristine. Right. And that's the problem. That's what these that's not having a good communications or account management strategy. That's the penalty for not having that in place is that you miss these opportunities to take your clients either to another level or to just show your clients that you're fully prepared and have fully prepared them to handle this threat. I I would say that you have the perfect outlook to this. Truly. You, you do. Um, Jeff, I really appreciate you popping on here and, and just taking time out of your day to do this with me, man. No, I appreciate it. It's, um, it's very enjoyable. So, 
And do, do let me know when you're in Dallas. Cause I'd, I'd love to, uh, to, to get together and talk uh-huh. more about some of these issues. And I like to understand better. We're always researching. We never don't mm-hmm. research. And uh, as many MSPs as you talk to, you know, you've got insights that we don't have. And we're always looking for, you know, ideas to push our product forward. But just to, again, to create value for that MSP. If you've seen by our pricing, we're not totally into the money piece. <laughs> you know, where our product is very inexpensive for all the things that it does. It- it really is, all things considered. You know, if, if you look at what other QBR tools do for about the same price and the fact that yours actually brings the data in, well, as the others, you have to, like, sign up and then run reports on all the things and then manually punch this data into all these other QBR tools unless you're using something like, um, oh, great, I lost it. Oh, Kaseya bought it. That um, oh, that one that run, yeah, Rapid Fire. Thank right. you. I don't know. So I mean, if you're using Rapid Fire, then then it it brings all the data in for you. But then you got to go through the reports and sanitize the reports so that way they make sense to the end user. Well, like this is yeah. really the best of both worlds. Yeah, we're trying to stream it because a lot of times we, you know, we we use FUD and have used FUD a lot, right? Fear, uncertainty, and doubt, right? So. From a, if I can show them a big rapid-fire report that has lots of red in it, my client doesn't understand it, but they see the red, and it, it causes fear, uncertainty, and doubt, right? So maybe they, they take an action, they sign up with me, whatever. So rapid-fire is great about creating that uncertainty, but it, at the bottom line, at the end of the day, it's oftentimes to the client, it's just data and noise. And so, again, data and noise isn't necessarily by itself actionable. And so what we're trying to right. do with Cloud Radial is basically pull the reports together, um, similar to Rapid Fire, but then pull it together in a way that actually helps the client make a decision and become a better client for that MSP. That's so great. Well, I want uh, everyone to know that if you are interested in checking out Cloud Radial, you can go to cloudradial.com. Again, that's R-A-D-I-A-L. And up in the top right, there's a start free trial. You, you get like two weeks to try the product out. Um, during that two weeks, what do they get? Like the basically the same as the Cloud Radio 500, or is there any limit? No, there's no limitations on it at all. Um, okay. What they do get is, you know, we'll get, it starts with a setup guide, but we really try to get them into an onboarding as quickly as possible. And oh, a sure. one hour session to help them dial it in, understand what it's doing. And kind of like get kind of that core concept down. Because again, we want them, the, the trial, there's too much in the product now to really implement it in the trial, right? Sure. Uh, so you really you want to use that two weeks to really kind of come to grips with what it does, understand what it could do for your business, help sell your other teammates on the product. And then from there, we want to, we want you to have a good, clear proof of concept that it's going to work for your business. And then from there, um, then we get them into the fast track, and then we really go into the education. But the, again, the 495, because we see a lot of stuff in this space where the 495 is like a, a sign-up tax, right? Like, hey, you want to sign up, so we're going to charge you, uh, we're going to charge this onboarding fee, and we're going to wait mm-hmm. time for four hours. We've really thought it through. We've got a very comprehensive flowchart about how to implement. Um, and again, everybody that's gone through that is, is really positive about it. So again, what we're focused on is getting that trial to proof of concept. And then once you sign off on the proof of concept, really moving you into the process so that you can really implement cloud radio quickly and, and see those benefits faster. 
Awesome. Very good. I think um, if it's all right with you, what I'll probably end up doing is I'll sign up for a trial, and I may even kind of show people, here's here's what it looks like. I'll sign up and, and just kind of poke around and show people on a, on a separate video. That'd be great. And again, go through the onboarding, you know, schedule that onboarding okay. too, and then it'll probably be me. <laughs> so I'll help <laughs> you um, get it all dialed in and, and hooked up to your existing systems and let you see kind of, you know, up close what you can see in the screenshots. What, everything in the screenshots is actually backed up by real, real features and solutions. And even the website now is a little out of date because we keep adding stuff to the product. So that's a good problem to have. It's, it's a nice problem. It's a great problem to have. So, all right. Well, hey, if any of you guys are interested in learning more, definitely go to cloudradial.com. For those of you that are interested in taking your MSP to the next level, you can also check out rocketmsp.io, and you can join the Rocket MSP community. Uh, Thank you so much, Jeff. Thank you so much for uh, everyone that watched, and I'll see you all at the next video. Thanks, Steve. Enjoyed it.